touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. The Castrol Edge Rugby Championship starts August 17. Tickets on sale now. Ticketech.com.au. Yes, the All Blacks, 27, defeated the Wallabies, 16, to retain the Bledisloe Cup, 11 long years. Let's not talk about uh, rugby today. Let's not talk about the Bledisloe Cup. Let's just talk about beautiful Wellington, where Tim Horan and Matt Burke uh, spent yesterday. Timmy Horan, you're still there. Yes, I am. Yeah, it's been a, uh, a nice couple of days here, apart from last night's loss to the All Blacks. The All Blacks were pretty good, weren't they, last night, Berkey? And uh, Wellington's put on a pretty good show, a good, a good event here. They, uh, Berkey got the early flight back to Sydney this morning. I thought I'd just stay here and have a bit of a look around Wellington and have a look at the sites and the museums. <laughs> well, I, I, I did, Timmy. I got the early flight back. I think by the time you do the time delay, you get about two hours sleep at the other end. You get about... Well, you, you, you struggle on a flight on the way over, and then, uh, and then you come back here and, and live in this... In the beautiful Sydney of of city of Sydney, Tone, where are you at the moment? Are you at, where are you? I'm in Newcastle. Are, are, my, you, sh- my, are you sure you're yeah. in Newcastle? Or you're in the toilet in Newcastle. <laughs> does, does it sound a bit like that? Just a little bit echoey, but that's all, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Come out and play. No, I'm in beautiful Newcastle, having been here for my uh, brother's fiftieth birthday last night. Uh, terrific event, obviously a karaoke event. Every squire's party is a themed party. <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I've, I've worried the neighbours with my terrific rendition of uh, Daydream Believer last night. So there you go. <laughs> hey, Timmy, you are if you are. Have you got any plans uh, for your day in Wellington? Because it is. I, I note that Wellington was voted the cutest little capital in the world by Lonely Planet, just pipping Canberra. So uh, <laughs> have, have you got? Have you got an idea? for what today will hold? Uh, well, I think there's a bit of a cable car that goes up from the main street there, Cuba Street, so we're going to have a look at that. Um, I'm over here with my daughter, so we're going to have a look around. When I get her out of bed about 3 o'clock this afternoon, we'll probably go and have a look around. There's a nice cathedral on the hill. But, um, yeah, I think the um, the Wellingtonians put on a, a very good show. They were, they were actually uh, quite compassionate last night. Berkey, weren't they? After the match, and, and the Wallabies players were very disappointed. But the fans, um, I felt, had a lot of compassion for Wallaby supporters because they probably... I actually felt a bit sick of winning the Bledisloe Cup, I thought. <laughs> yeah, there was only two blokes at the end of the game, Timmy, wasn't there, holding the cup up and walking around, two of the, two of the young crew, and everyone sort of walked yeah. inside. So uh, is, the, is the rivalry still there? It is, but it seems to be a little bit lopsided at the moment, unfortunately. Tell me that they're not pit- pitying us like the English seem to be around the cricket. You weren't getting into that kind of vibe <laughs> from the punters, were you? Yeah, we were. Yeah, Berkey, as you, as you mentioned, after the game... Um, when Richie McCaw got handed the Bledisloe Cup, he held it up, and there was a a, a decent cheer from um, the, the thirty eight thousand people at the stadium. But then, as they went down off the stage, the All Black players had a little bit of a, a half walk around the stadium. And then they all went back to the dressing shed. And there was only two players, um, Charles Piertau and Steve Latour, that took the Bledisloe Cup on a full lap of honour to the crowd. And the other players just went back in the dressing shed. Oh, we've won that eleven times now. That you know, we're uh, <laughs> we'll just let the two two new boys that haven't touched it before take it around and a, a lap of honour. So, uh, but it was a wonderful performance from the All Blacks. They're they're a, a world champion team. All right, we're going to look into that game in some detail. But if you missed it or just need a little bit of reminding, here are some highlights: the All Blacks twenty-seven beating the Wallabies sixteen. <laughs> Bledisloe 2 is underway, and it is Taylor kicking off for the first time in his test career. And Moore pops it up now. Leah Leofano stepping. Christian Leah Leofano pulled out about two metres out. Support arriving too late. All Blacks prepared to give away a penalty. 
needs to come out of there. Well, that was professional. Smith to Smith to Sevilla. Now they're dangerous. Luatua. Ben Smith. Ben Smith. Hat-trick last week. Brilliant. Through the hands. And listen to the roar. The crowd has been taken out of it for most of this first half. But they're on their feet now. And that is just simply brilliant by the All Blacks. And straight through. Ben Smith. Hat-trick last week. And he throws it back on the inside. It's still alive for Conrad Smith. Out it goes. Sevilla. No. He's so strong, but did he get it down? No, Falau got him. Second half underway. The Bledisloe Cup on the line. On oh, straight oh. through goes Luatua. One to beat the loose forward. Stephen Luatua, where's the support? It arrives late. It's slow coming out of there. And they've got numbers. Dag. And this try scoring machine is in again. Ben Smith right on the stroke of half-time. Unbelievable. That is now seven tries in four test matches for Ben Smith. Bad line-out by the Wallabies. Intercept. Israel Folau on Israel Dag, and no problem there. So Israel Folau will put it down, and maybe there's just a little bit of hope for those wearing gold. And that is full-time. New Zealand have beaten Australia 27 points to 16 to retain the Bledisloe Cup. Number one in the world. And that is now 27 straight victories on home soil. Tim Horan, Matthew Burke and Tony Squires. Dissecting all things rugby and some things not. Welcome back to The Ruck. Now that's Metallica. And this is the Ruck It's Your Sunday Morning Rugby Show. South Africa 22 beat Argentina 17, but in the big one, the All Blacks 27. Too good for the Wallabies 16, but it was a better performance from the Wallabies after last week's a little bit of shellacking at ANZ Stadium in Sydney. And as you'd expect, uh, Timmy and Berkey, they came out with uh, real intensity, didn't they? They, I think, over the first 15, 20 minutes, looked great. Great pressure applied, yet didn't quite get the results on the scoreboard during that time when they were in the ascendancy. Yeah, Tony, exactly right. The first 20 minutes from the Wallabies was actually quite positive. Takeaway, again, unfortunately, that poor start. Genia gets a charge down. He had about three box kicks charged down. Now, whether that's just, you know, the, the opposition being offside or reading it well, but they need to get that sorted. That's two games in a row now, um, or three, we, uh, including the line. So, but outside of that, they took the ball to the line. Tamu was throwing the ball some, with, with some width. He was taking the ball to the line. They made a couple of breaks. And then, look, it, it, it may have, it may have changed the course of the game, uh, somewhat with, the, the Stephen Moore potential try, but not given. But there was plenty of positives to work on then. But then, unfortunately, it fell apart after that. The scrum was taken to town by uh, by the All Blacks. Uh, the, the defence wasn't fantastic. Just two easy line breaks, turnovers from the Wallabies as well. So there's still things to work on going into this rugby championship. Yeah, I reckon um, Stephen Moore's try, Berkey, as you mentioned, um, the referee, Yucko Piper, should have gone upstairs to the TMO just to have a look. Um, he ruled no try straight away. It did look like there was a potential double movement or, a, or it could have been knocked on. But when you look at it, when it was slowed down, and you could see all the Wallaby players saying, go upstairs and yeah. have a look. Scotty a Farty touch judge was saying, go up there. A touch yeah, judge yeah. suggested. Uh, Yucko Piper said, no, I was in uh, pretty good uh, viewing, so uh, no try. So 
I mean, it, it was 50-50, but it looked, when it slowed down, it looked like it was actually a try. So yeah. that could have changed the, the complexion of the game as well. But I, I thought the Wallabies, as you mentioned, Bergen, the first 25, 30 minutes really took it to the All Blacks. Uh, there was a couple of uh, times when Christian Liliofano went through and got pulled down by Ben Smith. Uh, I think it was Aaron Smith, it was the halfback. Mm. And about two or three minutes before the line. And then Kieran Reid went over the top. That's when the yellow card should have occurred. Um, I thought Yoko Piper, uh, 16 to 8 was the penalty count against the Wallabies. Uh, and there were crucial times when those penalties came in. It, it's ent- You're right, Tim. It's interesting how sometimes the referees are just not willing to throw out a yellow card. I, I reckon... It's it's got to be it's got to be a bigger statement being made in these games because at the moment well, you can see early earlier earlier in the game earlier in the not, game not the last five minutes no time. earlier in the game and and not so much to say that you get a named player so to speak like one of the big players but if they're offside and it's cynical you've got to send them to the bin you got you got to make a statement to start with otherwise otherwise for the rest of the game um, you know you're chasing outside of that but um, you know, it, it, you're right to me about that that interesting call when he when he went through. Um, Penalties were were an issue for the Wallabies, and I mean, were they a a fifty percent worse disciplined team than than the All Blacks? I don't think so. So um, there was plenty of questions being asked this morning about the coach, about the about the refereeing um, standard out there. But look, in the end, uh, the, the the way the All Blacks played, the scrum performance, the lineouts, their ability to get across the line, and and what impressed me about them, Timmy, always is the Wallabies score some points. The All Blacks come back and score points straight away, and 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 Australia never really got a, a, a stranglehold on the game to push a couple of points ahead. They they uh, said they wanted to work on their set piece, the All Blacks, after the, the first uh, Bledisloe test, and certainly by the second half, that scrum was dominant, and by the end, the line out as well. So they've stepped up uh, in, in that area. The Wallabies need to as well, don't they? Yeah, certainly. I mean, set piece for the Wallabies is something that they're still trying to work on. Um, I mean, James Slipper of it was KO'd obviously when um, in that first late in the first half, I think it was just before half time, and that changed that changed the dynamics of the of the Australian scrum. But in the second half, there was two or three scrums of the All Blacks. They put a massive shove on the Wallabies and disrupted the whole ball. It was the Wallabies feed to the scrum? So um, they're a very good side, the All Blacks, and they put a lot of pressure on defence at defence time. Do you know it's interesting? Uh Talking to a few of the boys, a few of the props. Craig Dow was with us with with the commentary and talking to uh, to Kernsey this morning. Uh, it's it's a difficult scenario now with the, with the new scrums because they go in and and bind and it's low and they've got a strike. They're sort of they're, I think these guys are having real concerns about the safety of the scrum at the moment. That if it does go down, uh, you know the, the hookers can be caught caught in quite an awkward spot. So, but in saying that, you understand the calls when the referee says, "Hey, feed the ball, bang, that's time to go" because you got the hooker lifting his leg up, so he is not in a position to push, and it's becoming a, uh, or obviously last night, became a real strength to the All Blacks and an and Achilles heel, so to speak, to the Wallabies. A nice innocent try from Israel Folau. Did he get involved more or in, enough to your, for your liking, Timmy? Yeah, I think he did. I thought he, uh, he he did pretty well. He went looking for the ball. Uh, he came in, especially off the restarts from the Wallabies. He was coming in and um, tapping the ball back because he's the best player in that Wallaby team in the air uh, for the ball. And I think he, he probably needs to try and find himself in the back. And and Ewan Mackenzie Berkey, maybe in the next uh, test match or so, may look at potentially putting Israel Falau at fullback. Jesse Mogg didn't have a, a, a happy game again. Uh, two test matches in a row now. Uh, didn't use his left foot as much as what he would have liked. So Israel Falau may be an option at 15, but I thought Tony, he did very well. When he put that step on Israel yeah. Dag, Israel Dag knew the right foot step was coming. Yeah. But still couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. It, was a, it was a wonderful try. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you know, Timmy, you, you talk about 
catching the ball and and our blokes Wallabies didn't let two or three bounce last night. That's the first thing you learn as a, as a fullback: catch the ball. The interesting part, though, Will Guinea is very good in the air. He takes the ball incredibly well, but that's not his job. It's the fullback's job. And when you're coming forward, it's just everybody else get out of the way. I'm coming forward, knees up, catch the ball, and if I collect someone on the way through, thanks for coming. But Timmy, before we before we we came on here, you were mentioning maybe they should in- involve someone from an AFL background to come in and just give these guys a hint on how to actually catch the ball above their head at the same time. Well, that's what the All Blacks have. They have a uh, Australian uh, called Mike Byrne, who used to play AFL in, in Australia, and uh, he's their kicking coach and highball coach, and he's been there for three or four years. Ben Smith, two tests against the Wallabies, five tries. Not a bad stat. <laughs> it's pretty good. Berkey, what did you get? Seven tries against the All Blacks on, what, 25 yeah, test matches? Yeah, I think it was. Not far away from you there, <laughs> yeah, <isn't> thanks. <laughs> he didn't have to do a lot, but he's a, he, uh, he's a wonderful player, Ben Smith. All oh, the three Smiths, Conrad Smith, Aaron Smith. Um, I think they, uh, they really that? know how to... Did you pronounce that correctly? Good, good New Zealand name, isn't it, Smith? <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. This is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. Plenty to come. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On a Sunday morning after the All Blacks 27 beat the Wallabies 16 in beautiful Wellington, Tim Horan is still there. The newspapers, uh, they had a little bit of uh, fun, didn't they, Timmy, yesterday with what they were describing, the, you know, the lead-up to the game. What picture did they use? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? They had uh, a dead wallaby on a road, and uh, the caption mm-hmm. was roadkill. Um, are the wallabies going to be roadkill tonight? So it was quite interesting. I actually had a, a, a mate of mine, I put... I took a photo of it and put it on Twitter sphere, and a mate of mine came back and said, well, he's going to poison all these ferns in his backyard. <laughs> was, it, was it really a wallaby? No, it was, it was actually a kangaroo. kangaroo. So the joke's yeah, really so on the... Uh, joke's the on them. Really. Yeah. <laughs> the joke is Technical. on them. We'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take any win at the moment, Berkey. Uh, during the week, there were, were the calls, as expected, after last week at ANZ Stadium. And he's in, in Sydney, of all places, that Quade Cooper was booed when he ran on uh, for the Wallabies. There was concern during the week. You and Mackenzie uh, suggested it shouldn't happen. Michael Hooper uh, said it was a bit rude. Even Steve Hansen, the All Blacks coach, said he didn't boo. Slightly tongue-in-cheek. I thought. So the calls were there. Don't boo when Quade Cooper runs onto the field. This is what happened. If you score a try against the All Blacks, you know you've worked for it and you've manipulated the defence very well. Well, here's a moment for the crowd to get involved again. The booing starts as Quade Cooper makes his entrance into the test match and Matt Tabua has been replaced. How surprising that the fans didn't listen and decided they would <laughs> boo. Timmy, I think you were out amongst them, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was sitting in the crowd there watching uh, watching the game. It's, it's funny because some of the crowd were turning to people that are booing, saying, no, no, shush, shush, that's enough. And I, I don't think most people know what they're booing for. I think it's um, uh, it's just probably... There's no malice in it. Um, is it good for the game? No. Um, you know what it's going to take. It's probably going to take... And it won't be the Prime Minister of New Zealand. It's probably have to be Richie McCaw, who is virtually the Prime Minister of New Zealand, being captain he of the He holds Wallbacks. the highest office in the he land. He does. <laughs> to actually stand up at a press conference and say, it's rude, don't do it, it's unsportsmanlike. That's probably what it's going to take. But, Bergie, I don't think... I remember back in the, in the early Hong Kong seven days, um, going to Hong Kong, we were always booed coming onto the field, and we didn't understand why, but it was a tradition that happened 32 years ago when yep. a former Wallaby, uh, Roger Gould, was playing for Australia in the first time the Hong Kong sevens were on, and he... Um, to put a high tackle on a Hong Kong player that they were playing against, 
and he went to ground and, and the crowd just booed. And from then on, it was just been a tradition. So people who the were there... The sins of the father will be passed yeah. on to the son, Tim. That's what <laughs> happens. People don't know exactly why they're booing. But I think Quake was born in New Zealand. We grew up in New Zealand in the early days. And uh, it's, I don't think it'd be sort of too much worrying for him. I got, uh, I got booed once um, at the Sydney Football Stadium, of all places. And it was, uh, it was around the Your time family. when... Uh, exactly right. It was around the, it was around the time when... Uh, Bob from Tamworth was the uh, the hit of the halftime entertainment. And he was kicking goals from 30 out, 40 out, and I came out in the second half and I missed a goal from about 45. And I got booed, bring back Bob, bring back Bob. <laughs> I was like, oh, hang on, it's a bit tough. Is it, I mean, I, I understand that some radio stations over there, um, Berkey were talking, uh, describing it as some, a form of bullying, which is a little bit over the top, isn't it? I mean, you pay your money, you go to a ground, and yes, I'm sure it's rude, but honestly, there's a lot of worse stuff happens uh, at a footy field. You know, you pay your money, you should be able to react any way you like, shouldn't you? Yeah, I, I, look, I understand about the, it's your right because you've got a ticket and you've, and you've paid for it, but... Look, I, I don't think I'd like to be on the back end of what he's had and the, and the scrutiny, as in Cooper's had in the scrutiny in the last, you know, couple of years. And, and if you weren't, if you weren't a, a, a strong individual mentally, I reckon it could really, really play on you. And, and if you're a young pup coming through or, or, or even, I mean, even Cooper, he's been around for a while still, I think, I reckon it's going to affect you somehow. But how do they, how do they, how do they eradicate it now? How do they stop it? And, and you mentioned about, um, McCaw, Timmy, I, I think he has come out and said, and also Carter said it as well. Like it, it, it's no longer, you know, needed. But you know, you're right, um, Tony. If if you pay your freight, you can sort of say what you you want to say. But uh, if, for Quade Cooper, I think it's what it's going to come down to is just being playing consistent football and and proving not that so much the doubt is wrong, but everyone else that uh, I can I can play in a in a very good way. But doesn't he have to kind of embrace that pantomime villain thing? Dave Warner had to do it in the test when he came back in England after having you know hit Joe Root in that pub, mm. <clears throat> being sent away to Africa. He comes back and every time he got anywhere near the ball in the, te- the first test match he played, he was booed. Now he sort of embraced that, had a laugh about it, had a smile, rather than dropping the shoulders and feeling well you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Doesn't Quade Cooper just have to say, oh well, that's what's going to happen, and almost embrace it? No, I think he will embrace it, uh, and he has, but I think he's got to probably, Quaid, um, as you mentioned, Bergie, play really good rugby in New Zealand. That's the whole reason why he was booed. It was the 2011 Rugby World Cup where mm-hmm. there were some comments made, and obviously what happened with Richie McCaw in Hong Kong a year or so before that, and that's where you know you touched our all-black captain um, after James O'Connor scored that winning try. Yep. And I think that's just uh, the memory of all black players and the supporters have been there for a long time so that one, there's no malice in it but uh, it shouldn't happen he, he was born in New Zealand uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful player Quaid but I think Quaid will have to come out at some stage and say I love playing in New Zealand and play some really good matches here and in time it'll, it'll disappear yeah well Darren Lehman's called of course for the Australian uh, public to boo Stuart Broad wherever they see him on the field off the field out in a nightclub just walk <laughs> see, up that's, and, boo, see that's okay because boo. it's not us that's okay I'm, ha- I'm happy <laughs> exactly <with that>. right <laughs> What's happening to us? No. Yeah, I love it. You are as shallow as a car park puddle. <laughs> this is The Rock, your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. No, that is R.E.M. <laughs> and this is The Rock on Triple M. It, it feels Sunday like that morning. this morning, Tone, doesn't it? 
It does. Look, we can't take it too hard. Obviously, we did lose. We lost to the All Blacks 27 to 16. I guess that uh, begs the question, what do we do? The Wallabies have a week off uh, before the rugby championships continue for them. What has to happen for a new coach? Obviously, he's two games in. He, he's stuck solid with the team after the first test loss. Uh, do you see him making any major changes or just be tweaking? Uh, I, th- I think so, Tone. I, I, and I think a few people have already mentioned it already. Um, I think I think someone like Israel Dag was last night. Israel Dag was uh, stepped by Israel Folau, our bloke. I'm getting the Israels mixed up. Um, yep. Israel Folau was was more involved last night. He actually he, he's obviously been, been spoken to during the week about trying to chase the ball. And when it got to him, you saw he saw some magic that we've seen from him. Um, you know, through the Super Rugby season and even that first test against the Lions. I think he needs to go to fullback. I think he needs to get more involved at fullback and and. Yeah, Jesse Mogg, uh, he can still be around. He can still be amongst, in a part of the team. But I think he's, he hasn't fully embraced that role at fullback just yet. And it's a, look, it's a steep learning curve going from super rugby, uh, you know, through to, uh, you know, test rugby. Maybe a change up, uh, Timmy in Queensland when they go and play the, uh, the Springboks in two weeks time. Uh, maybe Quade Cooper comes into the outfit and he, cause his passing last night was wide and, and gave some guys a bit more space. Yeah, I think the three players that are probably under a bit, a bit of pressure, Berkey, you, you mentioned them. Jesse Mogg, for one. Uh, Matt Tamua. I thought he was a lot better last night, Matt Tamua. And uh, I like the way Quade Cooper can come off the bench and, and, and form a bit more of an impact player. Ben Alexander would probably be under a little bit of pressure as well in the front row because there was two or three scrums there where the Wallabies were on roller skates. So that, that's a that's a bit of a worry. Um, going in against the Springboks in two weeks' time, September the 7th in Brisbane. Uh, it's nearly sold out there. There's still a few tickets available there at Suncorp Stadium for the Wallabies. So uh, the only test match there, apart from the British and Irish Lions, at Suncorp Stadium. So, yeah, I, I reckon he may change... Um, two or three players. I don't think he'll do any more than two or three in the max because he's shown uh, a lot of loyalty to these players and the players now have to have to respond to that. All right, one man who always looks terrific in a Wallabies jersey uh, joins us right now. It is Tatafu Pallotta now. G'day, Taf. Good morning. How are you? No, very well. How did you cope with uh, last night's events? Oh, well, what could I say? I, I think... Uh, the boys really stepped up to the mark. You obviously showed in the first half an hour. Um, New Zealand were under quite immense pressure from the Wallabies. Um, in saying that, uh, it's just frustrating to see uh, little decisions like uh, the, the try uh, not go to question for, for the TMO because that would have put a lot of pressure on the All Blacks to respond. But in saying that, uh, they're a world-class uh, outfit, really. So you've got nothing more to do than to uh, reply back to the pressure that they put down in the breakdown. Hey, Tarth, Timmy here. Uh, what have you made of the new scrum rules and the uh, the engagement, how it's much closer together now and the ball's going to be put in straight? You as a hooker, is it uh, make you try and hook the, the ball more without... You know, you've got to put a lot of force on your, on your feet. Yeah, it's quite interesting, actually. Uh, ha- having a look at the, what Kernsey uh, was saying, uh, besides him being the rubber man, um, yeah, it would be quite difficult for uh, us hookers to try and strike for the ball, particularly... Uh, when the scrums these days are at a low centre of gravity, um, you can you can't really sort of get away with uh, trying to strike with one foot because obviously uh, that's where New Zealand exploited our weakness really when we were going for the strike. So that's when uh, we had a few turnovers. But uh, I, to be honest, I, I do think uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the engagement back because obviously uh, it sort of um, rules out or nullifies the fact that if you get the hit and you're the dominant scrum, it'll 
you'll get um, rewarded for it. You only say that tough because your hair takes most of the impact, though, mate. That's why. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, that's the reason why I'm growing it so far, Berkey. But uh, yeah, you've got to use it to every single advantage you can possibly use it to. Every advantage. Tell me, mate, how, how do then do you how do then do, do the Wallabies combat this scrum uh, and? And does the call of from the referee putting it in is that is that like a, a just an easy out for the opposition to put that second shove on? Oh, I, I think so because uh, obviously uh, New Zealand have uh, adapted to it quite quickly in terms of uh, knowing when the referee is going to call, and they're just pretty much loading uh, on our ball. Whereas on their ball, I think uh, they got away with a few, particularly uh, close to our line. But uh, that saying, it's just. Uh, a matter of uh, tweaking a few things here and there. I'm sure Bodie uh, will um, pick pick those few things up. Uh, moving on to the next test up against South Africa. Uh, mate, we obviously we know you can you can grow the hair, but uh, you're getting into the side lever growing business. Uh, <laughs> working with the uh, the acquired brain injury uh, awareness. What's going on there? Yeah, uh, Tony. Uh, September is uh, pretty much a, a similar event to November, where you grow a moustache for uh, men's prostate cancer. Whereas September, it's all about growing sideburns for uh, acquired uh, brain injury. Obviously, not many people are aware of uh, the uh, seriousness uh, brain injuries can cause. It's not just uh, ones that you uh, acquire quite early uh, at a young age, but also particularly events such as going out, uh, getting king hit, and. Uh, being in a comatose, so it's little awarenesses like that that uh, I want to really uh, promote to uh, help the cause. So, yeah, for the month of September, I'll be uh, shaving half my caveman look off and uh, <laughs> we'll probably uh, pull out the mutton chops to uh, raise awareness for this great cause. Yeah, it's amazing. I saw the stats. It's something like over 600,000 Australians have acquired brain injury, and a lot of them, like three out of four, are under 65. So it's not something that is a, a minor thing, is it? No, not at all. So uh, the more we can uh, raise awareness for it, I think uh, a lot of people will be better off in terms of understanding what the cause is, but also uh, getting uh, on the front foot you know, in terms of preventing it. So uh, if anyone wants to help me... Uh, Grow my mutton chops, uh, please visit www.sidetember.com.au and uh, just follow the prompts there because I'll tell you what, I'll be trying my best to beat Wolverine at his own game. <laughs> <laughs> Tough, we know, we know you do some great things off the field like the, the side timber. Tell me how you're going personally because you had the hamstring injury. How long you uh, back in that Wallaby squad, mate? How long? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a week-by-week process now, Berkey. Uh, unfortunately, there's a bit of uh, tendonitis going up in the ham- hamstring there right up high. To be honest, oh, I'm even surprised I even have hamstrings. We usually call back quads as front rowers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just goes to show that us hookers can run quite quickly, particularly when we see going down the sideline. Correct. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, probably, uh, at best, uh, maybe four or five weeks' time. Okay. All right, well, all the best. Look forward to that happening and very much look forward to see what the uh, the sideburns do for you. You look like some kind of 70s detective. I think it'll be terrific. Uh, it's a great cause. Well played, tough as ever. Thanks for being part of the show. Thanks, Tony. Just a key note, uh, picture it like Julius from uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> Ta-ta for, for a lot of now. See you, buddy. There he goes. Uh, how are you on the sideburns, Timmy? Can you grow them? Um, no, I've never really tried, Tony. Um, maybe we should, Berkey. What, what about we um, we raise a bit of money in uh, in September? 
September, what, 2025. That's what I'll get yeah. to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is The Ruck on Triple M. It's your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. White noise indeed. This is a ruck from Triple M. Your Sunday morning rugby show, Tim Hoare and Matt Burke, Tony Squires. It's about time for us to wrap it all up. Before we do, uh, some, well, it's good and interesting news for the Waratahs. Kirtley Beale has signed Berkey, mm. a great attacking weapon if uh, he is up to you know, the good things. That's a great, that's great news, isn't it? It is. It is, Tony, absolutely. I, I think, um, I think what it's, uh, what it's done is they've talked about, you know, Waratahs being his spiritual home. He came out of school yep. and went straight into the Waratahs at a young age. Ewan McKenzie brought him into the fold and, 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 and why perhaps it's better for him to be in New South Wales is he's perhaps more settled off the field. And yep. everyone knows if off the field is going well, on field goes just as well. So a few disruptions, uh, when he was down in Melbourne, but I'm sure there'll be a, a couple of, um, clauses or stipulations in his contract to say, hey, this is what we want from you. And on the back of that, you know, Michael Checker, as coach, has, has shown this year that uh, ego doesn't take a, uh, a part when he selects the team. So if you're not, if you're not in, his, in his good books, you don't get a start. And I think that's a, uh, a bit of tough love that perhaps the, everyone needs at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a good call, Burke. I think it's a, he signed a one-year contract. So for Curly Bill, as you mentioned, to have his support team around him off the field is really important for him because you want to be talking about Curly Bill on the field and his yeah. performances on the field. And I think with the Waratahs, Back there with his support network around him, with Michael Checker as the coach, he uh, he can go to bigger and better things next year. Um, shoulder operation, subject to how that's going to go, uh, he should be fit and ready to go just after Christmas time for pre-season training. But then you look at the other couple of players, Tony and Berkey, who were in the, the, the game last night, James O'Connor and Ma'a Nonu, both those players... Um, haven't got a club for next year. So maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll hear that James O'Connor hopefully has agreed to go back to the Western Force and yeah. uh, and shore up that side. Ma, no, no, that would be great for him to be what, an Australian franchise. Is that yeah. likely for to pick someone like that up for an Australian franchise to do that? Well, I mentioned that to someone last night. They said, yeah, well, it's not a bad idea because no one here... He's been to three or four clubs here, uh, franchises in New Zealand, currently now at the Highlanders. Um, imagine if the Rebels or even the Western Force had a position there for an international player uh, to go there for just a year. Uh, would the All Blacks still pick Ma Nonu if he played rugby in Australia? Yeah. Uh, another, Canada, uh, they qualified for the World Cup. I think they beat the US overnight. How good's that? Yeah, that's great. Great result, isn't it, for the uh, the Canadian team? Uh, that's uh, that gets them straight in, Berkey, doesn't it? For in two years' time. It's uh, and and the rivalry. You talk about Australian New Zealand rivalry. The the American. Canadian rivalry is uh, is just as good, and and I can't actually say the word rivalry at the same time, but that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll get it out. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's a lot of. I mean, there's these games are and and so far out from a World Cup, and they're vying for a spot, which is I think one of the great things about the World Cup. Yes, you know, there's going to be a top eight, and it's and it's pretty stock standard thereabouts. But giving the opportunity for the the lesser nations, the tier two nations, to battle it out is fantastic for them. What a great result. Well, I think it's the All week right. after the, the World Cup final um, finishes, Berkey. They're already, um, you know, Ivory Coast is already trying to compete to get in in four years' time. Mm. If you're just waking up, uh, you turn on Triple M for a bit of a dose of break. The All Blacks, 27, beat the Wallabies, 16, in Wellington last night. They have a week off, though, the Wallabies. What's their plan? Uh, uh, you saw, I think, Berkey, you said that Michael Hooper, who I thought was terrific yesterday yeah. again, uh, perhaps the best player for the, the first two tests for the Wallabies. Uh, he was a bit miserable with the result. Uh, yeah, he... Um 
there, there was no sort of mixing words. He said basically to uh, to our blokes, he's, Sterlow was talking to him on the sideline. He said, how do you feel? And he said, mate, it sucks. <laughs> and then there was a, a pregnant pause. I don't think Sterlow knew what to uh, ask him after that. <laughs> so I think that... Yeah, That's sums, the right attitude. Though. Exactly right. It sums it up. He said, you know, for the last two years since I've been here, we've been beaten and, and it's just not good enough. He said, it, it's great for 20. We, we, we went hard. Um, and then after that... We, you know, little errors crept in. We fell away, and 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 we're not we're not happy with it. So it's good to see that they've um they're they're owning it at the moment. They're owning the pain of of losing. So, you know, coming up against uh, the Springboks very soon. Uh, hopefully, they can turn that round in uh, in Brisbane. Uh, yeah, they get a week off. We don't. We'll catch up again uh, next week with the Ruck on Triple M. See you soon.